Not the boring, generic, milquetoast stuff coming from the network in Connecticut. Uh, I'd describe him as the best, obviously. Cattles. He throws it out there. Speaks his mind. That's cool. And Rami. He's supposed to make people laugh. He's just an expert at it. Cattles and Rami. Live and local in the afternoon. Sacktown Sports. Yes, yes, yes. Happy Monday to you and yours. Thanks for joining us as always. It's much appreciated. Rami, how was the weekend, man? Great. Yeah? Pretty chill. Get to hang out a little bit. Went and saw Guardians of the Galaxy Saturday night. You were girlfriend-less this weekend, right? Yes. She went to a uh, Pride concert with a friend of hers. Nice. So, uh, yeah. Did you uh, did you Flying enjoy solo on Saturday night? I love Guardians of the Galaxy. It was really good. Batista's a big deal, isn't he? He is. He uh, says he's not doing any more of those. Really? Yeah. Well, good for him. <laughs> good for him. What do you mean, good for him? Oh, good for him. Not good for us on his terms. <laughs> not you good know what for I mean? the, that is true. That is true. And not a lot I of people thought he was going to be a big deal. He's a good actor. He's better than The Rock. He is. He's a better actor than The Rock. Yes. And I think he's going to have a better career as far as quality. Not money-wise. I'm not so sold on that because Rock's making just tons of loot. But mm-hmm. Batista's doing well for himself. Doing very, very well for himself. Anyway, uh, thanks for being with us. As I mentioned, we we got a full show up until 6 o'clock. have a lot to get to. We'll mix in some basketball. Of course, we have uh, Game 5 of the Finals coming up tonight. 5.30 tip. Nuggets heat. Nuggets up 3-1. But we start football, Rami, today. Wanted to start with the 49ers. And, you know, I think that the Niners, they're seen as a top five team roster-wise by many, many people in the football world. There's been a lot of talk about, you know, how good this team can be, uh, making this team a contender. And, of course, we'll get to the quarterback stuff eventually, as we always do. But just (laughs) focusing on the full 53, it's pretty difficult to argue that the Niners – have a very talented team, and they have as good of a shot to make a deep run as anybody in that league this year. So when we look at this, we've got to look at the rest of the division as well. In the NFC West, Michael David Smith last week at Pro Football Talk wrote about this, how the Niners, they are the biggest division favorite in football this year. They're minus 175, Rami, to win the NFC West at BetMGM. Again, that makes them the heaviest favorites to win their division of any team. Meanwhile, you've got the Seattle Seahawks. And I think if there's one team in the division that might make you look twice, it would be Seattle. Here's the NFL Network's Peter Schrager last week talking about the Seahawks. I think Seattle's really good. Yeah. The NFC is not very good this year. And when I say not very good, it's just so many unknowns. The AFC's loaded. I think Seattle might be the team. I've said it on the show really since the draft. I've been pushing that Seattle thing. I I think they loaded up on a team that went to the playoffs last year and got a real good learning experience. Look what they added this off to a team that went to the playoffs. All right? They get another running back. As if Kenneth Walker wasn't enough, we're going to get another one. That's right. Smith and Jigba is going to – he's the first wide receiver taken. Derek Hall, we know his incredible story coming out of Auburn. is actually really good. Devin Witherspoon is the top corner taken in the draft. And look at those other guys on, the, on this thing. Bobby Wagner's coming back. Draymond Jones. Jerron Reed. These are all studs. Devin Bush. Julian Love. Those are, those are players in this league. Yeah. They reloaded and added to a team that went to the playoffs last year and was way ahead of schedule last year. You can make the argument that their quarterback is not the same as some other quarterbacks in the league. That quarterback last year was really good, Geno Smith. So good that they didn't entertain other quarterbacks this offseason. So good that they brought him back. 
I said Seattle's a dark horse to win the NFC. I think Seattle's a dark horse to win the Super Bowl this year. I think Seattle might be my team in the NFC West. Mm. Not even dark horse. I might say with what they had last year and what they did mm. and what they added, <laughs> I think Seattle might be the team. Mm. Rami, do you believe, yes, like I said, we all agree that the Niners are good, the roster looks great, but do you believe they should be the heaviest division favorites in football heading into the year? I don't know what to believe. I don't know what to believe, Nick Cattles, because Peter Schrager is not the only one. Yeah. We've heard a lot of people and read a lot of things of people talking about this this Seahawks roster and, and how strong it is. And if Geno Smith can recreate or even come close to recreating what he did last year, how, how formidable a team that is and formidable a contender that is for the 49ers. And yet they're the heaviest favorite to win the division. And Nick, I... When I read stuff like that and it raises an eyebrow or makes me go, really? I know you do the same thing. I start looking at the other divisions and I start going, well, what about this team? Shouldn't they be a heavier favorite to win the division? How about this team? And for me, um, the the Chiefs are by far and away the heaviest favorite to win their division. When you look at the rest, of, and I know the Chargers have been coming up and coming on to, to, to the Chiefs for a little while now, but... I'm sorry. Give me Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs to win the AFC West. Yeah. And I'll put my money on that before I put on anybody else to win their division. But then when you when you look around at the rest of the divisions, Nick, I don't know if this is – it's probably a little bit of both. But I don't know if this is as much a reflection on how good the 49ers is versus how how much – how much parody and how mediocre a lot of other teams good point. and a lot of other divisions around the NFL really are. There's nobody who impresses in the NFC South. When you look at Tampa, Carolina, New Orleans, Atlanta, the NFC North, who knows now that Aaron Rodgers is gone, the lions might be something, but might not because they're the lions. Yeah. You know what I mean? The Vikings come and go on any given year. The NFC East could be any one of three, maybe even four teams. If Sam Howell, can do something at the quarterback position. The AFC South, who knows? Yuck. The AFC North, it's the Bengals and then everybody else. But we're talking about the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. The Browns have Deshaun Watson. Great quarterbacks can do great things and and win you a division. And then when you look at the AFC East, the Bills won that division by four games last year, but Aaron Rodgers wasn't there. Right. You know what I mean? And right. the, the, the Dolphins have improved on what they had. So I think... It it is a little bit surprising to me that it's not the Chiefs, but outside of that, I I get it despite all the hype around this Seattle Seahawks roster. I agree with you about the Chiefs. I mean, it's it's just so difficult to pick against Patrick Mahomes. Let's right. be honest, right? I mean, come on. I understand that the Chargers are very talented, but I feel like for the last five or six years, I've been talking up the Chargers to possibly challenge the Chiefs and make a deep playoff run, and they end up being the Chargers, like around ten wins. Probably a bad playoff loss or some questionable decision-making by the head coach. So that team has been the same team over and over and over again. They have not been able to climb that mountain and overtake Mahomes. I think Kansas City is the team. I also would say that Philadelphia, to me, is a heavy favorite. And I understand the NFC East. I understand that you know the Giants had a good year last year. I think they fall back to earth a little bit in the second season for Brian Dayball. And then I look at the Dallas Cowboys. And look, 
Dallas, Dallas, Dallas. Again, they, they remind me of the Chargers, but even worse because they're more popular and their fans are a little bit louder about what they think their team is going to do. Mike is calling plays now, though. So that, oh, well, forget about everything. it. That, that changes yeah. the whole world. Yeah. The Eagles have the best roster in football. From top to bottom, they have the best roster in football, both sides of the football. I've heard many people say that. I'm going to go with Philly and Kansas City. Then we can talk about the Niners. The Niners, they just have questions, man. Again, the quarterback one is an unknown. I know that people love Brock Purdy. He did a fantastic job in that seven-game sample size last year. He's still Mr. Irrelevant. Let's see how the league adjusts to him, and let's see if he can play some really good football. Here's one more thing, Rami. The Niners have played lots of football under Shanahan. They've played a lot of football games. They've made a lot of deep runs. That's good news. But the difficult challenge is to come back again this season and make another deep run. That's a lot of wear and tear, especially when you talk now about a 17-game season for NFL teams. That What you said about Brock Purdy in the quarterback position continues to be the craziest thing about this 49 It's insane. Team. You know what I if mean? If you think about it, it's when insane. You, when you see them at the top or near the top of every list of, like, most talented, best core, uh, best odds to win the division, like, no matter what it is you look at, like, they're at the top of just about every list when you talk about rosters and odds to do big things this offseason, and we legit don't know what's going on at the quarterback position. Yeah. Yeah, in the I, NFL, you I know mean, what I mean? I tweeted out today, we're talking about a legitimate Super Bowl contender whose season's success looks like it's going to rest on the shoulder and the arm of Mr. Irrelevant just in last year's draft. A year it's ago. insane when you think about it. A that. year ago, and the surgically repaired elbow of Mr. Irrelevant. It's yes. not it's not like Mr. Irrelevant and and like nothing else no, nothing else looming over him in terms of questions. You're talking about the surgically restructured elbow of Mr. Irrelevant from a year ago who played 8 games for you. You know what I mean? You'd have questions about any quarterback who yeah. only played 8 games. Yep. He's Mr. Irrelevant and his elbow blew up in the NFC Championship and and that's and your season is riding on that in a lot of ways. But it doesn't seem like anybody cares who the quarterback is when you look it's, at these lists. You know, you look at the and track all these record. odds. Yeah, you look at the track record of Jimmy G, who was average. You look at what Shanahan did last year with not one, not two, but three quarterbacks. And there is this thought process of, hey, man, if Kyle has somebody who could throw the football more than 10, 15 yards, they're going to be able to win. And, you know, looking the last few years, you can't really discount that opinion. But you still look at it and say to yourself, the season likely hinges, the season's success, which to me is Super Bowl or nothing, it hinges on Mr. Irrelevant from last year. And that I I know we've talked about it a decent amount, but I still don't think it's been appreciated enough. Like that's pretty damn gutsy. All yeah. right. Your thoughts, one eight hundred nine two zero eleven forty is the phone number. The text line is nine one six three three nine eleven forty. Of course, you can hit us up on YouTube, youtube.com, Sacktown Sports eleven forty. Always looking for those likes, thumbs up. Uh, means more eyeballs to us and the brand. Very important to us. Very little effort from you. Again, YouTube.com, Sacktown Sports 1140. Do you think, do you believe the Niners should be the heaviest divisional favorites in the NFL heading into this season? We'll get to your reaction. Also, could a returning member of the Heat turn the series around? That and more in 90 seconds. One brings Macloff magic, while the other, hmm, we're still trying to figure that out. Paddles and Rami. Sacktown Sports.
Could Tyler Harrow help Miami turn this series around? We'll get to that in a minute or two. First, your reaction on the Niners. Uh, we started the show today talking about how the Niners are the heavy favorites if you look at Bet MGM to win the NFC West. And as a matter of fact, as late as, you know, late last week, the Niners were the heaviest divisional favorites in all of football. And myself and Rami, we put Kansas City ahead of them. I would also put Philadelphia in the NFC East. I'm not buying the Dallas hype. I would put Philadelphia in front of them as well. And uh, just kind of crazy. I'm not sure we truly, really appreciate the fact that this Super Bowl contender is putting their success on the line with Brock Purdy. Even though Brock Purdy played seven good games last year, uh, he had a couple of games that you scratched your head and said, okay, well, maybe that's why he was mystery relevant. And that's surprising, not surprising to me because it's it's gradually happened, so I've I've watched it happen. What's really surprising to me, Nick, is how no, the NFL world doesn't seem to be flinching at that no. at all. Like, eyebrows aren't raised. They're like, no. okay, yeah, but they're still going to win that division and probably maybe come out of the NFC. Like, and Brock Purdy, of course, Brock Purdy. Right, yeah. exactly. Come on now. Just unfazed. What are we talking about? The whole football world is not flinching, and we're talking about the quarterback position of all positions. Uh, David Neal, YouTube chat, youtube.com, Sacktown Sports, 1140. They were able to put together such a good team because the three quarterbacks combined amount to about 5% of their payroll. Look, there's no doubt about that, David, that this is a philosophy. This is a philosophy that right now they believe in. Now, I don't want to go too far down the road with that, however, because let's not forget, they paid Jimmy G a ton of money. They invested a lot into Trey Lance. And when you draft a guy in the top three like they did with Lance, you know they're going to pay them eventually. Now, of course, given what happened to Lance, they're probably not going to have to pay him, but you get the idea. It's not that Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch walked into this thing saying, hmm, if we could only pay a quarterback a few hundred grand, we could really blow up this roster. We could really amp this thing up. No, they they drafted Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, because they liked a couple things they saw. They didn't believe this guy was going to be a starting quarterback, yeah, and no. if they tell you, don't believe it. They got they're they, full of it. They lucked into that. If he is, if he is a very good quarterback, they they lucked into that. They yeah. didn't. They didn't think that's what they had. Absolutely. I mean, you wouldn't wait until the final pick of the draft to draft a guy that you think could be a starting quarterback in the league. It, does, it doesn't make any sense. Right. So we know what the truth is. But yes, with this philosophy that they have currently, not having to pay their guys a ton of money at that premium position. They're able to throw a bunch of money at other positions. And that's why the NFL, they'll tell you all the time, and, and I'll say it as well, you know, the rookie quarterback contract is the most important contract in the league because you can start to stockpile talent at other positions while you're not having to pay that one dude 30% of your cap or whatever outrageous money you have to pay him. So, yes, that's the philosophy right now. The question is, will it work? You know, if you continue to not win a Super Bowl, even though you make deep runs, are you happy about that? Because you have the team that can win a Super Bowl. If you just had a quarterback that played above average and and played above average in big moments. Garoppolo crapped his pants in the fourth quarter a few years ago. That's why you lose that Super Bowl. Yep. Cole G says 100. Kyle definitely thinks if he is at the helm and has at least an average quarterback, he could get to a Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, he believes that. And frankly... Why shouldn't he? I mean, he got to a Super Bowl with Jimmy G. He got to a couple of, you know, NFC Championship games with average to maybe even below average quarterback play. So he'll sit there and tell you proof's in the pudding. And I can't argue that. I can't call him a liar. They've been able to make those runs. But again, if the barometer is Super Bowl or bust, you continue to bust. And I think it's because, 
at least in in big part, to the quarterback. Yeah, you keep coming short, coming up short at the quarterback position. I mean, I don't think there's much denying that. He's Rami. I'm Cattles. Zach Town Sports here on a Monday. Let's switch gears to basketball. So Tyler Hero has been upgraded to questionable. Here's ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski on the latest. Tyler Hero's status has finally changed today. The Heat upgraded him to questionable this morning, and I'm told uh, that Tyler Hero is expected to suit up and give it a try here in Game 5. Listen, there's still soreness in that right hand that was surgically repaired after fracturing it all the way back in mid-April against the Bucks in Game 1 uh, of that first-round conference uh, Eastern Conference series. If there's a time to take the risk, Rami, it's obviously right now down 3-1. Yes, obviously. And and I've been saying since the start of this series, Nick, when we started hearing whispers that Tyler Hero could return, that, that, that could make a big difference because we've talked throughout this series about the fact that the difference for this Heat team is when the shots are falling, and especially from three. And the, the, the Denver Nuggets have a multitude of ways that they could win this series and different paths or routes yeah. that they could take. Yep. The Heat have one way to beat the, the Denver Nuggets, and, and, and that's to, to hit a lot of threes and shut down Jamal Murray. And Tyler Hero, obviously one of their better shooters. It, they're down 3-1, man, and we've seen one team come back from that, and that was the LeBron-led Cavs. I don't think there's there's much of a chance here, but Tyler Hero improves whatever that chance might be. And maybe that never happens, a 3-1 comeback, if Draymond Green doesn't do what he did, and we know how that went. Uh, look, offensive boost, if if he if he is shooting like he normally does, we don't know if Tyler Pl- Hero plays tonight, what he's going to look like. We don't know about his conditioning. We don't know how many minutes he's going to play. Theoretically, he gives you an offensive boost. He can play the two-man game with Bam Adebayo. He's not very good defensively, so I'm sure the Nuggets will hunt him when they have a chance to do that. And he's also not a big the last time I checked, and that's a huge disadvantage for this Heat team in this series like we've talked about the last week or two. You know, the size of Denver is a gigantic issue uh, for the Heat across the board. Meanwhile, we got a story about the Heat mascot. This is uh, this is something else. I saw this and I had to do like a double take. I thought Sam Amick was playing a joke on everybody, but he wasn't. Uh, Amick wrote this over the weekend. As if losing game four of the finals to the Nuggets wasn't tough enough on the heat, it turns out the man who plays their beloved mascot, Bernie, spelled B-U-R-N-I-E. Great mascot name. Just a great, great mascot name. Bernie was taken to the emergency room of a nearby hospital for treatment after being leveled by former UFC champion Conor McGregor on Friday night. (laughs) And this video is all over the place if you want to check it out. I I would suggest you do. Dude, I was about to say, what is wrong with Conor McGregor? But there's so many answers to that There's a lot wrong. But, I mean, there's a... Guy was wearing a giant mascot head. But still, I don't think Connor, Connor meant, meant to knock him out. He was throwing haymakers and then punched him again after the dude was laying on the ground. It was it was it was it was aggressive. It was very aggressive. According to a league source briefed on the matter, the man was given pain medication by the doctor and was sent home. Uh, so as as Rami said, McGregor hits him a couple times. They're standing the. Bernie comes out with boxing gloves, and they're doing the whole "come on, come get me" thing. And then Connor hits him with a left, and then he hits him with another left. Bernie drops, and then Connor hits him while, hits him while again. he's down. And then they and, have to drag the man. Yeah, but that was that was part of the skit, Do you right? Think so, so, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. So they, they grab him by his feet and they drag him out. And uh, but 
<laughs> Nobody knew at that time that uh, Bernie was legit, like, I don't know if he was unconscious, but he, <laughs> he took a shot. And uh, here was Coach Spo with an update at yesterday's press conference. Speaking of absurd, uh, it's the first time I've ever asked a question like this. What does it say about your mascot that he could take a, country, a punch from Conor McGregor <laughs> bounce back, and still be ready to go likely in the next home game. That's so. the Miami Heat toughness that we're talking about. <laughs> he should have been allowed to, you know, take the first swing. Yeah. We, we won't reveal who, who that is, but he's tough. You can take a punch and get back up. And, yeah, he's not going to miss any time. Heat culture, baby. Heat culture. <laughs> Bernie's like, I could do this, man. You think you're going to knock me out of the finals? <laughs> the two funniest things about this to me is that that was – that whole skit was a it was like a promotion for some like pain relief spray that Conor McGregor is selling. Did they use it on Bernie's jaw? He sprayed, he sprayed it on Bernie as they were like dragging him off the court. And apparently it doesn't work great because he needed painkillers when he got to the hospital. But I also want to know at what point was the mascot costume taken off because <laughs> I'm dying at the idea of this dude in the back of an ambulance no, he didn't in get full it. Bernie costume. I can't imagine that. I have to imagine they took the costume off at They're least. They're checking his blood pressure. You know? Be hilarious. They got the thing around his arm. They wheel him into the ER and everybody else is looking around like, is that Bernie? The hell? Hooking up IVs. All the wires and electrodes. Like, what happened to Bernie? Just roll him on in. So, uh, feels good to report that uh, he's going to be okay. I would die laughing if I'm in the hospital waiting room and they roll in. Bernie, Bernie, uh, Bernie is going to be okay. Be just fine. Are the Blazers about to make one more run with Dame? We'll give you the latest next. Your afternoon home for Kings Talk and more. This is Cattles and Rami on Sacktown Sports. Rami, you got somebody upset. What did I do? Uh, oh, they were so what mad. Did I do now? Somebody called the phone. Why? And they said that uh, Rami's a punk for laughing at Bernie. Getting punched is not cool. I was trying to encourage him to stay on the line and tell you face to face or phone to phone, <laughs> but he refused, so I had to pass along the message. You've said him. Sorry. That was very genuine. <laughs> Sounded very genuine right there. I could feel. I could feel how genuine you were like right through the microphone. My bad. <laughs> You're the worst. Could you imagine every time you meant an apology, it's just my bad. My bad. <laughs> what are you doing? My bad. Come on. Mascots getting roughed up is funny. It's a whole it's a whole genre of comedy. Like that's that's part of the whole mascot act. It just went too that's, far. That's the whole, okay. whole, the idea of the skit. Yes. Exactly. It's just that Connor actually made contact right. to the dude's face. I've been punched. I know it sucks. <laughs> and I hope he's okay. You don't advise you don't no, advise getting punched. I don't recommend. Okay. We, no. we don't condone violence. And no, we don't of course don't condone violence. Of course. I'm a pacifist. Text line 916-339-1140. Shout out to Spo for having fun with that question. He could have Ramona Shelburne that guy. Even Eric Spolstra had a funny reaction to it, but I'm not allowed to. Sorry, guy. Whoever you were. Guy. <laughs> yeah, guy. I'm not your guy, pal. You calling me guy? Call me out, guy? <laughs> I'm amazed sometimes.
what people get wasting energy getting upset about. Uh, sticking with basketball, not mascots, but just the basketball part of this. Uh, Kevin O'Connor at the Ringer has reported that the Blazers are looking to deal Anthony Simons in the number three pick to help Dame Dalla. And there are three names that O'Connor mentioned. Pascal Siakam. And Toronto's trying to figure out what they want to do. Fred Van Vliet today opted out. Jalen Brown, we know his situation with Boston. And Mikael Bridges in Brooklyn. So those were three names that O'Connor kind of threw into his column. Not to say that, you know, Siakam, JB, or Bridges are even available. It was just the thought process of, hey, if we can get a Jalen Brown next to Dame Lillard, we got a shot to maybe make a run. And it's the exact scenario, Rami, that I posed last week. And I said, if I'm Portland, I'm making phone calls around the league. I'm offering Simons in the three to see what I can get. And I brought up Jalen Brown as one of the guys. If I could get a Jalen Brown for that package, yes, I'm doing it. But here's the thing. We we can't forget that this new CBA is going to come into play next year. And so if you bring Jalen Brown in, and you're paying him and Dame Dalla a hundred plus million dollars of your cap space. Yes, you have Shade and Sharp, but you need to figure out ways. I'd imagine you try to, you know, re-sign Jeremy Grant, and you have yeah. That was also part of O'Connor's report. Yeah, you have Dame. All Jaylen of this Brown. kind of hinges around also re-signing Jeremy Grant. And then in theory, you've got Dame. Jalen Brown, Bridges, Siakam, one of those three guys to go along with Jeremy Grant. Is that enough, though, Nick, do you think? Any one no, of those three not guys? An, not, I don't think that's going to win a championship. I mean, I don't Brown, know. Siakam, <laughs> or Bridges. Is that adding any one of those to Dame? And they wanted, they and we've we've heard in previous reports they want to get rid of Nurkic. He's going to be packaged in this as well. Simons is going. You're bringing back Jeremy Grant. Is that enough? I don't if, think if that's Shaden, enough. If Shaden Sharp takes a nice nice step forward you're going to be dangerous but here's yeah, a, I guess. like yeah dame dalla is getting closer to 35 by the day man so you know is is dame going to be able to stay healthy that's a big question mark uh you know he doesn't play any defense so jalen brown if he's the guy he he kind of has his head on a swivel sometimes defensively I mean, I think they'd be in the conversation. Would they be the favorites? I don't think they'd be the favorites. They'd be in the conversation. I do wonder, like, is it going to be a situation where Portland takes whomever at three because they're kind of stuck, quote-unquote, with taking somebody at three? And then they figure it out. And if it's Scoot, that's a problem, too, because then you have Dame, you've got Simons, and you've got Scoot. Like, you got to play Scoot. And how does Scoot fit alongside Dame? That's a question. You know, Scoot's not a great shooter. So you, you, I don't think you want to play him off ball a ton. Yeah. So that means you're playing Dame off the ball. Does Dame want to play off the ball, especially for a rookie? It's a big question. Elsewhere in the NBA, Eric Pincus, he's uh, reporting that some executives in the league expect a Carl Anthony Towns trade. Would you do that? Would it, I trade for Carl Anthony yeah. Towns? Would you trade or would for I him? trade Carl Anthony no, Towns? No, would you trade for him? Um, it depends what I'm adding him to. Don't count on him to be that dude for you. He's he's very talented, and he can probably be the two or the three on a championship team, Nick, but just don't count on him to be the guy that you turn to, that you go to 
in big moments and in playoff games. I just don't think I don't think he's cut from that fabric. No. I just don't. Everything I've seen of that guy when he does get on the big stage is he kind of folds a little bit or or at at best he'll give you just like a good line in the game. I've never seen him be dominant. I've never seen him hit that big shot in in clutch situations. He's he's uber talented. He's one of the most talented guys in this league. I don't, and I don't think that's an exaggeration, but it, it takes a certain type of person to to be the type of guy that we're, that I'm talking about. And no offense to him, great guy, but I just don't know if he's that. He has some encore immaturity, is what I would call it. Um, he, he tends to get a little too emotional at times. He lets the refs get to him at times. He gets frustrated easily, which leads him to some bad fouls in crucial moments. I've seen him foul out of games that he, you need him. I've seen him get like a fifth foul and have to sit out long stretches in, a, in in big games and playoff games. That to me is the biggest issue. I also don't know if he has a motor every single night. And we always talk about alphas. Kinds of, it becomes a little bit lazy and cliche, but we talk about alphas in sports. He's not an alpha. He doesn't have that alpha mentality. He doesn't have the Jimmy Butler mentality, so to speak. So there are some questions about him. And again, the new CBA, I'm going to keep knocking on this door because it's crucial. It's very, very important to understand that this new CBA is going to do a lot of different things. A lot of different things to teams, especially teams that have a ton of money on the books. And you've got Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns, and of course, Anthony Edwards coming up. And he's probably going to end up being a Supermax guy. You can't have all three eventually. You've got to get rid of one. And that trade looks like it could be one of the worst trades in NBA history if it continues to go down the road. Um, that Rudy Gobert trade. Imagine if you just had Walker Kessler instead of Rudy Gobert. <laughs> it's just... Yeah, it's oh not, there God. isn't a huge difference there. And, and you're much younger and cheaper. Wowzers. Uh, all guests come to you from the Folsom Lake Honda hotline. Folsom Lake Honda is your one-stop Honda shop. Did you drop a Wowzers on us? I did. Is that what I just said? Yep. Okay. Yep. Just checking. Yep. I, I turned 65, 70 years old in a matter of <laughs> hey. two seconds. Hey. It happens. Live mic, four-hour show. These things go down. Wowzers. Uh, find out why a security guard tackled a pro golfer on the course. It's coming up. <laughs> With you one mile at a time during the afternoon drive. Cattles and Robbie. Sacktown Sports. All right, so a couple of uh, weird things happened over the weekend. I don't know if I'd call them controversial. But uh, definitely strange. And my goal in this segment is to make you care about the RBC Canadian Open. Oh, that's going to be hard work, man. You might not even know what the hell that is. The RBC Canadian Open. It's a golf tournament. Yep. The RBC Canadian Open. If I was going to guess, I would I would guess golf tournament. Now you know, or at least you should know. Or a horse race. That there is no chance we're talking about this golf tournament because we're going to break down the golf tournament in Canada. It's not happening. It's just not going to happen. Not on this show. Uh, we have the golf show, so you, you could always check that out. I'm sure 
Uh, you can get all your information there. <laughs> oh, man. The reason you why. see how good the RBC Canadian Open was? Rami. That was a great story. And Nick Taylor, who apparently was born and raised in Winnipeg. I wouldn't know Nick Taylor if he walked into the studio and said hi to me. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, he sank a 72-foot walk-off putt, the longest of his career, to win the tournament. Congrats to Nick. He ended up being the first Canadian to win the tourney in nearly 70 years. So nice nice for him. Wow, Canadians not good at golf, huh? But we have something much more significant to talk about here that happened at this tournament. With all due respect to our friend Nick Taylor. A security guard, Rami, mistook the number 75 golfer in the world, Adam Hadwin, for a fan and completely took him out. After Hadwin went to celebrate with the winner, Nick Taylor. Yeah, what was it? So if you see the video. Um, People have put all kinds of great music beds to the video. There's, <laughs> there's, uh, there's Taylor and his caddy, and they're doing the usual, like, yay, we won kind of thing, and they embrace and stuff like that. And then the angle that I saw, uh, here comes Adam Hadwin. Again, the 75th ranked golfer in the world. He gets onto the course, and it looks like he's trying to spray champagne or some kind of drink or something like that. And you can see, if you just pay attention to the security guard who's lingering, dude, <laughs> you can see the security guard kind of like make eye contact and go over to tackle this dude he and come, take him out. He comes off the edge of Nick Taylor like uh, <laughs> <Yes>. like <laughs> when I played high school, the, the co- high school football, the coaches would call it peeling. When the, when the linebacker comes off the edge, you know what I mean, and, yeah. meet, and meets the runner in the alley, that's what it looked like. This this security guard was waiting for yes. this moment. This was his absolute moment. And great, he, great angle, great technique. Great like he, he was, he was low. It was, it was all shoulder. It was all, all shoulder. shoulder. He didn't lead with the head. He wrapped. He, he took wrapped. the man to the ground. It was didn't stop with it, the feet. It was great form. Great, great form. The way he peeled off the edge. Yeah, it was fantastic. I want to see more of it. Fantastic work from the security guard. (laughs) Unfortunately, (laughs) uh, he was tackling a professional golfer. But why is the question? Because he didn't didn't know who the guy was. Yeah, he thought he was a fan. Yeah, he wanted wanted to uh, protect the golfer. And the person that immediately realized this was uh, Taylor's caddy. You could see Taylor's caddy start to, like, talk to the security. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Because he sees who it is, who the security guard just took out. He's like, oh, no, he's a golfer. Like, oh, should I not be laughing at this? This is another thing I shouldn't no, be I laughing at. I thought about at. that, too. Oh, well, uh, Jim and Sack did uh, send a text, said, Rami, you should do the standard if anyone was offended line. If anyone was offended, my sincerest apologies. <laughs> my bad. You say my bad. My bad. Jim did add, though, that it was funny. Okay. So, there is that. All right. Uh, so, yeah, security guard just tackles, dumps the dude. That security guard, like I said, he was waiting for that moment, dude. He's coming off the edge. He has been waiting <laughs> for that moment to come off that edge and take somebody down. Ever since he became a security guard, he has been dreaming of this. I do love all the – Twitter is just great sometimes. All the music that people have put to it to add a little bit of, of drama, a little dramatic <laughs> effect to the video. So good. Uh, so that happened. So what a, what a what a moment in that young man's life. <laughs> Then we had, was anybody aware that Floyd Mayweather was fighting this weekend? No. No. I I had no idea. Uh, Apparently, he fought John Gotti III. Now, the first question is why. Why? Yeah, that was. I would guess Floyd's bored. He has nothing else to do with his life. He's not out of money, is he? Uh, 
It, lot, I, I haven't seen a him. Lot be, to burn through. I haven't seen any reporting. That's what I'm saying. Like he, by all indications, is a wealthy man. What's he doing? Very wealthy. What's he doing fighting the grandson Again, of a deceased bored. godfather? He's bored. I think. Like this is all he does. This is all he knows. This is all he knows. This is so it's the world weird. of fighting. Yeah, the spotlight, the so antics. He fights John Gotti the third, and if you thought just the idea of the fight was weird, like Rami, if you saw how this thing ended, it was even more weird. So it was a disqualification, and then Gotti and Mayweather are kind of jawing at each other, and then a quote unquote brawl breaks out. Now I will say, I am a little skeptical because whenever something like this happens at one of these Fakakta boxing matches. You all have to wonder whether or not it was done on purpose to get eyeballs and tweets and all that stuff. Because nobody, uh, who is watching Floyd Mayweather fight John Gotti the Third outside of their families? I had no idea this was even happening. Where did they fight? What was the attendance? But this thing went into the stands, Nick, and apparently poured out into well, the yeah, parking that, lot. Yeah, then it got a little ugly. But the, the Mayweather-Gotti part... You know, I'm I'm always skeptical because you could try to pull punches and stuff like that. But this this thing broke out like 30, 40 people over a John Gotti the third fight again. Like like he thought he had a legitimate chance against Floyd Mayweather. Like his world was upended because this fight was DQ'd. Why is John Gotti the third in a ring? What what is what is happening? What is this timeline that we live in, Nick? Can, can we all just appreciate how dumb Floyd Mayweather is too? Yes, because like he's gonna get into a brawl. This guy is worth, from what we know, like millions upon millions upon millions of dollars. Tens, and he's getting if not into hundreds a brawl. Of millions of dollars. Like what are you doing, clown show? And he's fighting with people who may or may not be connected to the mob. I mean, allegedly. Can't you just retire and be known as one of the greatest of all time and be happy with it? Yeah, Apparently I don't understand. Not. My my first reaction when I see guys participating in stunts like this, does, that's what it is, is a stunt. Does he need the like, money? Does he need the money? You know what I mean? Who Who's the boxer? I think Le'Veon Bell is going around trying to fight anybody oh, yeah, who on. will strap on some gloves and get in a ring with him. And that's that's a guy who needs money. Herschel Walker, when he was doing the MMA thing, that was a guy who needed some money. I don't think Floyd Mayweather needs the money, man, to be pulling stunts like this. Then I don't ran, understand it. Then he ran for Senate. Then he ran uh, for Senate because so he needed the money. We got uh, Floyd Mayweather. Allegedly. According to uh, Clutch Points, however however that, you know, however their information they get is, uh, they say that Floyd Mayweather's net worth is around $450 million. And you're fighting John Gotti the third. This guy. This guy could be worth... Around four hundred and fifty million bucks, almost a half a billion dollars, and he's out there fighting John Gotti the third, and then getting into a brawl with him. Uh, meanwhile, that you went this guy when that's that's probably literally what John Gotti the third's entire corner was saying. Hey, oh, this guy, hey! And then and then what sucks is you've got Tiafimo Lopez, who's a legitimate boxer. You know, fighting and beating Josh Taylor over the weekend. That was this weekend. Yeah, and becoming pretty much the king of the junior welterweight division. And people are talking about this idiocy. Uh, let's talk about real fighting in the MMA world, by the way. Uh, Amanda yeah, Nunes. happened there, huh? Yes, Amanda Nunes won her main event fight on Saturday. That was not a surprise. Irene Aldana had pretty much no chance. And uh, Nunes, after the fight, she retired in the middle of the octagon. Today, today, if you guys 
Look around. I just tie with Anderson Silva in defense defend the belt. So tonight is a perfect night to retire and live happy forever. Nah, I know you're not a huge fight fan, Rami, so I'll, I'll tell you. People me, throwing around GOAT. Oh, she's the GOAT. It's hands down. It's not even close. It's really not close. 23-5 and five in her career, right? But she's 14 out of her last 15 fights she won. The only fight she lost was against Juliana Pena when she was coming off of COVID and had an injury. She rematched Pena and beat the bag out of her. And when you look at who she beat, double champ, bantamweight, featherweight, when you look at her run, her run as a fighter, is the run of all runs. She beat Valentina Shevchenko, who had a run herself for a a couple of years. She beat Shevchenko not once but twice. She beat Ronda Rousey. She beat Misha Tate. She beat Holly Holm. She knocked out Chris Cyborg in 50 seconds. She beat Jermaine Durandamy. She beat, again, Juliana Pena in the rematch. She beat the best of the best during her time. Top fight after top fight and convincingly beat pretty much every single one of them. Tremendous fighter. Uh, by all reports, a tremendous human. And she is the GOAT. Are you buying the uh, retirement? I am. Okay. I am. I, I think she's going to walk away. She just had a child a little while ago. Um, I, I think uh, they're going to walk away. And by the way, Dana White severely, severely... Um, underappreciated her, especially during kind of the beginning of this run. She's not only an incredible athlete and a, a remarkable fighter, she's also a, a lesbian who does, you know, who, who could speak up for the LBGTQ community. And, you know, that they never even really told part of that story when she was in the UFC. Uh, she is just an incredible person. And so... Uh, it, it stinks that she's retiring because uh, I love watching. It strikes her. me that Dana White doesn't really care how great a person you are. Yeah, how much money can you make him? Could argue Seems that. Seems to be the only thing on Dana White's mind. She's a uh, she's just an incredible performer, and uh, man, oh man, she's she's special in the octagon. All right, uh, has the truth about the Forty ers quarterback room finally come out? Get to that next.